Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, as always, with Marcus Parks. You know what? Rough week, Marcus. A real rough week. That's yeah. what we're calling it. Obviously, Omar Mateen pulled off the worst terrorist attack in the United States since 9-11, the second worst mass shooting other than Andrews Breivik, of course, over in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in Orlando at Pulse Nightclub. He murdered 49 people, uh, injured uh, roughly 50 more. So, naturally, uh, whenever there's a tragedy in this country, you know, we come together and we join as one and we hold hands in solidarity and unity with one another, regardless of creed or orientation or or race or height. (laughs) Uh, Wait, hold on. Never mind. That's not at all what happens. (laughs) We did it for about 30 seconds. Ding, ding, ding. Everybody, everybody go to their corners. We're about to politicize a national tragedy as we always do in this country. Uh, Hence, nothing happens uh, of a productive nature to try to curb future assaults like the ones we saw in Orlando. So obviously, uh, it's been a few days now. I'm sure you guys know the the, the timeline of the attacks and the overall motivation for uh, Mateen is coming out. Obviously, it might be he was a closeted uh, gay person or openly gay to the Pulse nightclub crowd. He had visited the club uh, quite uh, regularly. Uh, His father was a very hardcore extremist. Uh, He wanted to run for the president of Afghanistan, but he was in America. So, you know, you talk about one of those politicians like what Hillary Clinton did when she moved to New York to run for Senate. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even bother going over there. He just sent them an email. He just sent them a letter being like, I'm running for president, but I'm staying right here in Florida. So he had his father's very negative uh, influence on him. His father called him the F word quite mm-hmm. a bit uh, mm-hmm. growing up. And uh, so uh, Minty's uh, sexual orientation was in question. So Let's just start with the uh, with the politics of the event. It did not take a long time for our leading candidates for uh, office to go to Twitter. It's almost like they had it in their back pocket. Almost. And, you know, it's just it's so nice to be reassured by the people who are potentially going to run this country that they're on top of things. Yeah. 140 <laughs> characters at a time. <laughs> and each one of these tweets that we're about to read are a direct uh, representation of how the uh, political uh, this, they they're putting it through the political kaleidoscope and uh, the the images that are uh, being projected are completely distorted. So Hillary Clinton's first tweet 
about the tragedy in Orlando. Not uh, doesn't talk about you know uh, my heart goes out to the families or anything like that or uh, you know how how sorry she is for the event that occurred. Hillary Clinton's first tweet: We need to keep guns like the ones used last night out of the hands of terrorists or other violent criminals. Hillary on the Florida attack. So immediately made the issue about gun control, which is, of course, going to have a massive amount of blowback, even though under President Obama there's been more guns sold than any president in history. Well, that was her first policy uh, tweet. Her very first tweet was at 9.20 a.m. that morning, uh, which was, woke up to hear the devastating news from Florida. As we wait for more information, my thoughts are with those affected by this horrific act. Well, I'm going to say she was, she woke up a bit late. 9.20. <laughs> my good Lord. Yeah. What are you? What are you? Kissel? <laughs> so then she immediately politicized after her sort of tepid, my heart goes out. Yeah, we all have that. They all have tepid ones. Right. And uh, Donald Trump's, of course, his first tweet, I believe his first tweet, or one of them, was appreciate the congrats for being right on radical Islamic terrorism. I don't want congrats. I want toughness and vigilance. We must be smart, exclamation point. <laughs> of course. And his first reaction tweet was really bad shooting in Orlando. Police investigating possible terrorism. Many people dead and wounded. I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then the second one, a couple hours later, mm -hmm. was horrific incident in Florida. Praying for all the victims and their families. When will this stop? When will we get tough, smart, and vigilant? So now you have a situation where the two major party leaders, uh, the Democrat and the Republican, are both just going to their base and discussing how uh, they would have stopped these attacks. Hillary Clinton's policy that she would have put in place would be to get rid of semi-assault rifles that were used, the AR-15 that's been used in so many of these mass occurs now she would have gotten rid of them and it never would have happened donald trump's entire plan would be like well, i would have never let his parents immigrate over here so he wouldn't even be here in the first place mm -hmm. both of them are completely uh flawed they, they sound fine in hindsight completely flawed when put into practice absolutely and it, it really a lot of this gets muddled even more because it wasn't actually an ar-15 it was an ar-15 type assault rifle it was a sig sour mcx sig sour sig sour sounds like a candy <laughs> but not one i want, would want to eat whatsoever no absolutely not so the idea i mean that just living in an area uh living in a time now where we are getting our uh our condolences from public fig figures via twitter it does lead to a certain inauthenticity uh, doesn't it I mean, it feels like we're living in a uh, not to quote henry zabrowski too much from the last podcast on the left but it does have that hologram feel to it almost like uh you know eating, uh, you know, fat-free um, Pringles or just masturbating <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, making love to a beautiful woman or a man or whatever you want to make love to, a pineapple. I have no idea. <laughs> so it does have that sort of, like, fraudulent feel, doesn't it? Of course. I mean, you can't – I mean, that's that's. there's a reason why I uh, – when I have something important to say, I call instead of text. Uh, and that's right. just something like, hey, like, let's work out the schedule for next week. Mm. Uh, and these people are sending out uh, condolences uh, to – a grieving nation, not just grieving families, but a grieving nation. And they're trying to convey that. They're trying to calm people down. They're trying to give people some sense that there's some sort of order in all this chaos and that there might possibly be a leader that can lead them out of this. But they're doing it 140 characters at a time with a little avatar next to their name. Uh, right. And this is uh, it's complete and total disconnect. Uh, and it's a complete and total disconnect from politics. It's a disconnect right. from our leaders and it's a disconnect from our country. And, you know, it's a, I, I totally agree with you. It is a, it is a disconnect also to the uh, to the degree that both Clinton and uh, and Trump 
uh, to some degree, their policies aren't necessarily completely insane. The idea of having more regulation, I mean, I mean, Trump uh, is insane. This guy, Omar Martin, uh, Mateen, he bought these guns legally. Mm-hmm. He was on the terror watch list for 10 months. The FBI was watching him all the way up to the year 2014, and they couldn't find enough evidence to continue uh, having him on the list, so they just let him go. That is a massive, that's a flub. That's, that, is a, that is an FBI blooper reel. I mean, when was the last time they had looked at him? 2014. I mean, a lot happens so, in two years. A lot does happen in two years. But the thing is, uh, there is no doubt that uh, there are certain restrictions on the FBI. Obviously, I think the FBI has a lot of control and there is a lot of... Uh, very, we have to be very careful of not giving up too much of our personal liberties and freedoms, and this is the constant discussion in this country. But when it comes to somebody like this, who so obviously was he was at the time he was going to Saudi Arabia, he was researching these, uh, you know, these terror networks online, especially ISIS, and that's why I hate when people talk about uh, Mateen as a lone wolf or a uh, self-radicalized individual. I think those are total misnomers, much like the bicycle gangs that call themselves the lone wolves. <laughs> it doesn't really exist. You are together. There is many of you. And I'm use the. Uh, I uh, going to use this analogy, Marcus, mm. when it comes to him being self-radicalized. Without ISIS, there is nothing to radicalize to. It's the same thing without the NBA. No one aspires to become a professional basketball player. Mm. You need the institution that is then that you are aspiring to uh, to be loved by. Well, it gives them permission. It gives them permission, but that's also a group that he wants to be accepted by. That's why, I mean, he was all over the map. Mateen said he liked Al-Qaeda. He, he pledged allegiance to Hezbollah. Anything that he was, Euros, <laughs> he was just, he was going down to Greek diners and just being, I pledge allegiance to you. I mean, anything that sounded like it might be a radical uh, Islamic group, he was pledging allegiance to regardless of the fact that ISIS and Al-Qaeda aren't exactly best friends right now. Al-Qaeda is looking at ISIS being like, you're messing it up. Yeah. You're going too crazy, kid. Yeah. You lost your mind, kid. You're going to get us caught. Well, it didn't matter. And, and I think that actually does play into some sort of like lone wolf type of thing is because it didn't matter who the inspiration was. All this guy wanted was an excuse. Yeah, but, wanted- without, but without those institutions... There wouldn't be it wouldn't even come to his mind to pull off a uh, such a huge terror attack. Uh, And then I also think it validates the fact that he was a closeted homosexual who was upset with his father fighting an internal feud with his own sexual orientation. You mix that with religion and then you also mix that by getting rejected. Uh, from a whole bunch of dudes at the Pulse nightclub. Yeah, he was not well liked. He was not no, well liked. He was Believe known- it or not, the for <laughs> the future mass shooter of the Orlando Pulse nightclub wasn't liked by the clientele. He was the guy that sat. At the, he was the angry guy that sat at the end of the bar that no one particularly liked. Right. He was known yeah. like when yeah. when it came out, there were a lot of regulars that said, "Oh shit, I know that guy." A lot like when Jeffrey Dahmer's face yes. got on the screen. A lot of people from uh, Matt. What was it? Mad Planet. Mad Planet was one of the places he would go yeah. in the. Matt Plant was one of the places, and so many regulars there was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy's fucked up. You don't go home with that guy. Never go uh, home with yeah, him. Yeah, never go home with that guy. And this guy, uh, this Omar Mateen, was much the same way. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing, obviously, working at Fox News, not one mention of uh, of the gay rights movement or the fact that this was a target on gay people. They focused solely on the Islamic terrorism aspect, which I think is an aspect that does deserve uh, attention. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but the, it does deserve attention 
attention, but it's also what are you going to do about it? Because this guy is working off of the uh, ISIS notion of it's time for you to go out and carry out your own missions. You don't need us to tell us to tell you what to do. You can just use your imagination and you can go for it. So what do you do with that? It's a horrifying world because of the Internet, because of social media. These it will con- we will continue to see pockets, you know, individuals. All it takes is one person to pull off these sort of horrific attacks with the amount of arsenal that we have in this country. So if you are the if you are leading this nation right now and you have the intelligence reports that Obama gets and the highest people uh, in command, you have got to be absolutely terrified every single day. The fact that I mean, how many guns do we have in this nation right now, Marcus? I mean, it's a uh, 15 million, I believe. So we have I think we even have more than that. Yeah. We live in a nation of roughly 315 million people, and I'm fairly certain there's enough guns for every single one of us and then some. Oh no, I uh, I apologize. 15 million was how many were sold in like a year. Amazing. Yeah. So you can imagine uh, so, I mean, if you are, there is no safety whatsoever anywhere. I want to buy a Kevlar vest, but they don't come in double extra large. I looked online <laughs> and that is height discrimination and size discrimination. And I don't like it one damn bit. Give me a Kevlar vest. Next thing you know, I'll just end up getting shot in the belly button like King Hippo or whatever. What was it? What was King the, Hippo. King yeah. Hippo from Mike, Mike Tyson's, Tyson's Punch Out. out. Yeah. <laughs> For those that haven't played Mike Tyson's Punch Out in a little while, it's a little trick. Hit him in the, hit him in the band-aids. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Hit him in the hit him in the X uh, when is the band. When the arm goes up, punch goes in the belly. So there really is very little that we can do to stop these sorts of attacks because they can just come out of anywhere. But again, the FBI did have this guy in his, on the watch list for 10 months, and because of the rules and regulations, they decided to put him off of the. Uh, they 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 just couldn't follow him any longer. Yeah, I mean, there are, uh, and and one thing about that is that for every, and we've heard, you know, from from certain sources, uh, that for every one that gets through, hundreds are stopped. Sure. You know, and and this guy that, you know, that actually he did get through, uh, the FBI had, I actually don't put any blame on the FBI. What can you do? Yeah, what what can you do? I mean, you can't uh, detain, because the only other uh, solution to this is to detain anybody and everybody that you might even suspect of some sort of uh, future terrorist attack. You detain them indefinitely. And of course, when you detain them, uh, they, of course, get radicalized. Uh, And so... They come out of yeah. these detainments hating America. They come out of these detainments uh, betrayed by their country. Uh, and, of course, those people are then radicalized, and those people then uh, try to carry out attacks. Uh, but what's the other option is to detain them, detain them forever? I don't know. It's- detain them at a water park or something so they're really happy. <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, yes. But, you know, it seems to me like a lot of people have been talking about when it comes to uh, the the tone when it comes to gay people in this country, and there is a, the the amount of um, the amount of headway that the gay rights community has made, that the gay mo- the gay rights movement has has made is unbelievable. The yeah. fact it's 2016, gay marriage is the law of uh, law of the land. 2008, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and the Republican uh, John McCain, everyone agreed that gay marriage was between one man and one woman. As of 2011. Until 2011 and a half, when Joe Biden went on Meet the Press and accidentally said that he's for gay marriage, which everyone's like, no, no. Uh, not yet. Now we have to come out on the right side of history. So soon, Joe. <laughs> Say it ain't so, Joe. 
So when it comes to uh, the the acceleration of the gay rights movement, um, there is no denying their progress. Yeah. And so I think there was a lot of people that came out and said, Mateen grew up in this in this culture in America that has demonized gays for so long. No wonder. No wonder he shot up a gay nightclub, but I don't believe that that's true. I think that he believes that this country likes gay people too much. Yeah. You know, if you look at this, Sadiq Mur-Mateen, Sadiq Mur-Mateen, that's his father. If you listen to some of his sermons, and I put those in quotations because it's just rambling nonsense, I... I do not like religion. No, I must say <laughs> we're all aware of your uh, feelings. And, on uh, and, and there are a lot of these Christian. We'll, I, I want to talk a little bit about overlap between um, so, certain left uh, policies and uh, and Sharia law and certain right policies when it comes to social conservatism and in mm-hmm. uh, Islam. But uh, you know, you look at what kind of home he grew up in. It had nothing to do with the uh, the fact that the gay rights movement was making headway in this nation. Uh, that's what he got. That's what he got upset about. It wasn't the fact that he saw, you know, what was happening in Indiana with the bakers making not not wanting to make gay wedding cakes. I can't believe this conversation is about cake. Yeah. Of course, in the fattest country on earth, we somehow <laughs> found a way to take the gay rights argument and make it about food, one of the sugariest foods that's ever existed. I'm not talking about rights unless some frosting's involved. Good lord. So I don't think he looked at this country and was like, we, uh, you know, this country hates gay people. And because they hate gay people, I hate gay people also. I think it's because he grew up in a home that was extremely physically and mentally abusive. He was mentally abusive and physically abusive to his wife, Nor. Uh, that's what caused this extremism. It was a perfect storm, like we talk about with some of the serial killers. And maybe we can even do a last podcast on the left about this guy at some po- uh, some future date. But like all of these spree killers, they all have deep-rooted childhood issues that they've never resolved because they're too masculine or they perceive themselves as too masculine to seek any kind of therapy whatsoever or find an outlet that might be creative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he has every single... Every single bullet point of like, you're making a sociopath. They're like, check. Beat him every day. Check. Call him the F word. Check. Maybe he's gay. Question him. Check. <laughs> you know, demonize the fact that he wants to go out to nightclubs. Check. You know, then, then of course, uh, every, fa- every son wants to make their father proud, regardless of how stupid their father is. And you know for a fact, he had an opportunity to prove to his dad once and for all he's not gay. Mm-hmm. And I know he's, and in the eyes of God, he won't be gay because He's going to kill so many of them. God's going to be like, we. I know you want to suck a bunch of D, but you killed 49, 49 gay people. You know what? Actually, the limit was 50. You were supposed to kill 50. You still don't get in. <laughs> Absolute, act, actually, he killed himself as well, so he did hit 50. Oh, wow, but he's not out. <laughs> he, he, maybe he should have come out before. So I don't blame the culture as a whole. I blame yeah. I blame the insular world that he was growing up in, and then the the unbelievable um, just the outreach for these you know reaching out to these reaching out via social media to these Islamic insane uh, radical groups. That's what did it. It wasn't. I mean, he believes that this country has been too good to gays. And the the funny thing about that is that these uh, Islamic groups is like they look. It's not just uh, because people uh, look at this whole thing and they say it's like, all right, this is an Islamic problem. This is something, especially sure. people on the right. This is an Islamic problem. Right. But if you see the reactions from a lot of conservatives, uh, it is the overlap is completely. And I mean, it is uh, the Venn diagram is. Quite fucking thin on this yeah, one. Like absolutely, the, it's really a lot of overlap. Like what the Texas governor uh, or lieutenant governor tweeted out right after about reaping what you sow. I and mean, I don't know if that was a mistake or a coincidence, mm. but that was 
reprehensible. We'll call it Texas dumb. <laughs> yeah, Texas, uh, the old Texas misstep. Yeah. And there was another preacher, I forget his name, and I don't want to remember it, yeah. who was filmed on the pulpit talking about how he wished there would be would have been more gays uh, murdered. This was an evangelical preacher. Yeah. So there is that interesting overlap, very similar to how libertarians and uh, and uh, and Democrats like a Bernie Sanders or a Rand Paul or a Gary Johnson can get together on marijuana laws, but obviously <laughs> differ on economic issues entirely. <laughs> That's a little crossover. Over, a little f- for the freedom lovers. Yeah, and but if you, if someone that is a, if you see another religion that is, of course, like you can agree on at least that, then that bolsters them even further. Sure, and all of these religions have very negative. There are negative undertones towards women and gays mm. uh, in every single religion. Every um, uh, what, what's not. Um, Abrahamic religion. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them is anti-gay and anti-woman. And I just—it's just, it's all in the text. I just don't get it. I do not get why it bothers people so much. I really don't. It's that that is that there's a lot of stuff in this country, a lot of really bad shit that I can kind of understand on at least like some sort of academic objective level. This I do not get why it bothers people so. Much well, not just here in America, it. but all over the world. I don't yeah. get why people have chosen this as their line in the sand. I don't get why people have chosen this yeah. as the greatest uh, atrocity to uh, human decency in the last one hundred years. I well, don't get it. If you do, if you are religious you, right now, if you are religious, technically the end of times, the end of the world. If you look at the prophecies right now, we are in a war with with a religion, whether whether you like it or not. And that's no thanks to W basically saying it was a religious war against uh, against Islam, even though he was much, much more appropriate and uh, and uh, uh, more intelligently spoken, strangely enough, than Donald Trump on the issue. Yeah, you never thought you'd call George Uh, W. Bush measured. It was so sad. (laughs) By the way, I met Karl Rove yesterday. Nice guy. Nice guy. Oh, isn't he? Yeah, really sweet guy. He was. Did you, how long did I, you spend crouched in the shower after you shook his hand? <laughs> I know everything there is to know about the crying game. Um, yeah, but I also, you know, but to your point, I think it's also a, a complete and utter, um, they're losing the culture war. You know, fundamentalist religion, religious fanatics are losing the culture war. And so it's it's more important than ever for them to uh, to make a statement, draw the line in the sand. Uh, and if uh, homosexuality, uh, the gay culture represents so much more than just their what they're doing in the bedrooms alone or in bathrooms in public. Who cares? Um, so to them, it is a larger issue of we're losing uh, we're losing the nation. They tie it to teen pregnancy. They tie it to everything. Like it all comes down to the lack of morality yeah. that they perceive our country is uh, is uh, is currently uh, thriving on. Where you take someone like Alex Jones? Sure, uh, Alex Jones came out said it was a false flag attack and his entire perspective is that it is the uh, the homosexual agenda to sexualize our children and to indoctrinate them into their cult. That's right, because uh, I remember that when Dennis Hastert was hanging out at all the gay clubs. Oh no, never mind, he was Speaker of the House. I forgot. Yeah, these supposed gay cults, I mean, it's it's almost like the, the, uh, the actual um, I guess homosexual movement, the gay rights movement uh, has been, it's some sort of satanic panic thing it's well, so it's so similar to this state like where they're talking you know, about these homosexual yeah. cults and personally i have not ever seen a homosexual uh pedophile cult ring that was not directly related to to the government 
Well, you know, you've never been down to uh, the cock at 4.30 in the morning with your brothers. I, it's a bar in the East Village. <laughs> I, I did see hell. I mean, my God. And the, the hell, I think I've talked about it on previous shows, the hell was they stopped serving beer. <laughs> and there was no booze. So I'm just like standing there watching everyone do their thing. But I'm sober. Well, I was drunk, but getting sober. Yeah. <laughs> and you can imagine the horrors of that. I can. Right. Uh, yes, obviously, it is completely, you know, it's interesting because this is an issue with the left. I read on Salon.com, I shared uh, I shared with you that story a few weeks ago, the I am not a monster, I'm a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Did you see that article? Uh, I have read that article before. It was a yeah. guy discussing how he's not a monster, he's a, he's a pedophile, he's never uh, had sex with a child or so he says, and he discusses it in terms of it's his orientation. And uh, he needs to be treated with some respect. The whole thing was him normalizing it. I know some people were like, we have to get them out of the shadows. I'm like, whatever, dude. You can stay in the fucking shadows as far as I'm concerned if you're a pedophile. I took in many uh, kids who were abused by uh, fathers and and brothers and, and uncles. And pedophiles are the worst human beings on the face of the planet. So I think a lot of people see... They're attached, and the gay rights movement has worked so hard to not be identified with these disgusting sexual deviants, such as pedophiles. And that's and what's they been were that. lumped together for so long. Oh man, um, as as one group, you know, and that's why the gay rights movement, the LGBT community, they worked so hard to just clarify that they're not sexual deviants. This is between adults. This is it. It's um, about love. It's not about sex. Right. And obviously, uh, there's there's you know there is a. You can warp any of these things. I mean, there's always going to be somebody doing something wrong. Yeah. But for the most part, the movement. So I think a lot of people see what's happening with uh, with the gay culture and gay acceptance as the slippery slope towards allowing these, you know, sort of pedophiles to become normalized, which is what Slate has been presenting, which is absolutely disgusting. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. But anyway, getting off that subject, let's switch to gun control really quick. Um, There's been a lot of statements about if uh, and I want to talk about Obama's statement against Trump because it actually really drove me insane. But a lot of people on the right were saying that people should have been armed. There was an armed security guard who did not do well. <laughs> I, you know, the attack happened uh, you know, early in the morning. It was roughly 2 a.m. and everyone it was last call. I mean, um, you know, um, closing time was playing. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's a great the, the semi-sonic time? semi-sonic yeah semi-sonic was playing it's closing time and uh, so there was one security guard with a gun but this idea that the party goers should have been armed is completely insane isn't and that he, how plaxico burris shot himself in the in, leg in the leg yeah well they tend uh, he was wearing sweatpants so he was really dressed up for the for the uh, for the nightclub that he was at but this idea that they should have been armed you never go out to a club 
you're going out to dance, you're going out to take drugs. The majority of people in nightclubs, as a person who has gone to many, are on some sort of drug. Yeah. Or on a molly or an ecstasy. At the very least, they're on alcohol. Yeah, you're going to have a good time and let loose. Let loose. No, In no way would it have prevented any deaths from occurring if one of these partygoers had a gun because they would have been seeing triple, they would have been terrified. What would be the – who – no one – the last people I want to have a gun are people who are hallucinating and everything feels really good because as soon as they pull the trigger, Whoa. they're just going to – I mean, I don't even – maybe it'll be a great time and they'll think they're in a video game or something. Could be. I mean, who knows? But you can't have a, uh, a group of partygoers, a group of revelers who are out on a Saturday night or was it a Friday night, Saturday night, a weekend Saturday evening. Saturday night, yeah. Uh, trying to have fun. The idea that they should go strapped in preparation for some Muslim extremist or some religious nut uh, to come in and, and shoot up the place is completely and utterly insane. And so it's fun to say, but how would that even work? You know, that was the the, uh, the recent college shooting, and I forget which college it was because there's so many of them. There was a guy who had a conceal and carry uh, uh, weapon with him. He had all the paperwork. It was completely legal. And they asked him, why didn't he, you know, take out the gunman? Why wasn't he John Wayne? Why wasn't he Jason Bourne? Because the CIA didn't MK Ultra him yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, why didn't he do it? And he's just like, because then the cops would have thought I was the gunman. Yeah. And then I, and now I have a gun. And next thing you know, the way that the laws are, what if you accidentally shoot somebody in an attempt to shoot uh, Mateen? Next thing you know, now you're a murderer. Yeah. I mean, I don't you think know, people know how hard it is to shoot a person in, in with a handgun. No, just to shoot a person yeah. with a handgun. You know, you're you could be maybe twenty yards away, and it is difficult to shoot something, especially with a handgun. Handguns, unless you are ridiculously well trained, you are not going to be able to hit your intended target. Handguns are very difficult uh, to be accurate with. Yes, I agree. And so that whole argument is, uh, I, 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 I mean, I, I'm for, I mean, I don't even care. If you own a gun, I think that's totally fine. I don't know why anyone needs an AR-15. They don't. But, but, they, if I could say something about AR-15s and ownership of an AR-15 very quickly. I've shot an AR-15 many, many times. I've shot it from the hip where you just go pang, 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 pang. Not even aiming at anything, just shooting it. I get why people like them. I get why people sure. enjoy having them, but 49 lives is not worth my dick feeling three inches longer. I mean, oh, it, wait, hold on. What kind of what's three inches? <laughs> three inches longer? Oh, my God. You can't imagine the power it makes you feel. Really? You can't imagine how powerful it really does make I you feel. I could rock a three and a half incher <laughs> if I had that, huh? Yeah, it makes you my feel God. so powerful. Uh, and for the powerless, something like that, if you feel impotent, and as so many Americans do right now, and this sure. plays into so many, you know, we've talked about it so many different, uh, so many times before in so many different situations. So many Americans feel powerless. They yeah. have no identity whatsoever. Uh, yes. And an AR-15, something like that, being able to go out and shoot something like that, you get that temporary feeling of power sure. uh, that you don't get anywhere else. Uh, but honestly, I mean, really think about it. If you're a gun owner out there and you own an AR-15 or if you aspire to an AR-15, think about how many people have been killed with that gun or that type of gun. Because this, of course, this one wasn't that gun. It was that type of gun. Think about uh, this. Uh, think about Orlando. Think about Sandy Hook. Think about Aurora. Think about all those people well, that have died because of because the person who you know, perpetrated this crime had the power 
Because that's what it is. If they would not have had the power of an assault rifle, they would not have gotten the body count that they got. Your premise, though, is flawed to some degree. I was speaking with a security guard at Fox yesterday, and he was telling me how he renewed his shotgun license because soon he wasn't going to be able to uh, renew it. It'll be much more difficult, so he made sure to do it. And he was telling me that a lot of his friends believe this is a false flag operation. A lot of them think Sandy Hook is a false flag operation. So you have people who just believe that. Well, that's the thing. You have people who just believe the government can't pave a road, but they can put together the greatest theater squad in the history of theaters. <laughs> you know, just they, they're able to orchestrate the greatest improv everywhere. Yeah. Our government can't do anything. They can't feed our children school lunches, let alone put on the greatest production of mass shooting, which is what the name of the production is. It's just called <laughs> mass shooting. And they they cast it and they hire everybody to do it. There are way too many variables. And the amount of people that would have to be in on a conspiracy like that or in the thousands. Yeah. Try getting an STD and telling one friend about it and not having the whole damn high school know about <laughs> it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. There is no way that many people could keep that many secrets. There are some people, some of these false flag people actually believe that Del Close, that some say is the, the improviser, the, improviser, yeah. the, the father, father of improv, the father of improv, they oh. sincerely believe that he was a government agent that trained false flag actors and created, mm-hmm. he not only created improv, he not only wow. is responsible for the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, but he is also the father of false flag operations here in the United States. And to what end? Think Yet about it. Zip, think- zap, zop. Think about what's what's a zap? A laser. Lasers <laughs> make zaps. Those are in the sky. Star Wars. Think about it. To what end? Do you honestly think that your AR-15 is going to be able... We've talked about this so many times. Will your AR-15 yeah. shoot down a drone? Will your AR-15 blow up a tank? Will your AR-15 defend you against the largest and most powerful military that the world has ever and will ever see? Well, they will start using these drones on U.S. citizens on U.S. soil. That is uh, definitely going to happen. But uh, to uh, the gun owner's point, there are many, many people with guns, and the amount of gun violence, you would actually think it would be more, considering how armed of a nation that we live in. A lot of the states with the highest gun populations do have the lowest gun violence. Of course, a lot of those states are extremely sparsely populated populated, such as Vermont and Wyoming and Washington, of course. Uh, you know, so it, naturally, but nonetheless, uh, I don't want to attack the people who are totally reasonable gun owners who want to protect their home and their family. You should have, you have the right to do that. I just don't think they need to be brought into a nightclub because I want to live in a nation where I don't have to worry about when is the mass shooter coming through the door. I just want to take Molly and dance with my significant other. Yeah. And I'm not attacking so, gun owners. No, no, I know. I'm I know. not I'm not attacking gun owners. I believe I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe that we should be able to have guns. Uh I believe all of these things. I I am a I'm a staunch American hell. I'm a constitutionalist, man. I believe in the American experiment and the Second Amendment sure. is a part of that. But there are limits. There are limits on freedom of speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Uh, And I believe that you do not need an AR. I don't believe that you need an assault rifle. And, of course, I'm not talking about confiscating all the guns that are out there. But you know what, Marcus, to your point, you can shout shout a fire in a crowded uh, theater if there is a fire. And (laughs) and a lot of these people are not calling out when they see uh, someone like Mateen, like we were talking about earlier. There is that, and I hate the the cliche of political correctness, but I just I'm going to use the sentence. Uh, There are people who are concerned about being perceived as racist. And many of them did not call out. Same thing in San Berdu. 
A lot of them did not call out what their instincts told them. They did not uh, address what their instincts told them uh, when it comes to someone is acting nefariously and oddly. They didn't want to be perceived as racist, so they didn't call him out whatsoever. His wife uh, failed miserably as the only safety valve that we would have had to stop this attack. And I don't know if she will be taking, uh, will be, uh, uh, if charges will be pressed or not, but yeah. I'm very conflicted. I, I mean, um, she's, I mean, yeah, that's the thing about her as well is that you're also dealing with a domestic abuse victim. Right. You're dealing with but, somebody who is terrified of the person. So we have to live in a, in a place where you all, people also feel like they have the right to not be demonized if they come forward and say their neighbor is acting in a very strange, precarious way. The fact that his father was just allowed to give these unbelievably inflammatory um, YouTube, you know, sermons for so long with just like it just going under the radar. I mean, these are real people with real ideas and they are very motivated. Religious people, the one thing about them is they get things done and they are a motivated bunch because they believe God itself is telling them to do these things. But just briefly, I want to say also one other crossover with the left and with, uh, you know, some sort of with more conservative um, Muslim ideas is this idea of covering up the uh, Khan, the the London mayor. He has put out a um, Sadiq Khan. He uh, is officially banning all ads where women are wearing underwear or uh, bathing suits and things like that. And he's doing it under the guise of body shaming. No woman should be body shamed when she goes into what? the tube. So, and it, of course, it does play in as well with with the ideas of Sharia, where a woman should be completely covered because it's on her if she's sexualized. If a man sees her sexually, it's on her for yeah. some reason, and not the man who can't control his boner, which is apparently three inches longer with an AK, <laughs> with an AR fifteen. <laughs> I mean, AR fifteen. Oh, it is. So that is th- I think that is another area where the left and uh, and this radical group are sort of seen eye to eye when it comes to the sexualization of women. Um, so it is very. We do have to watch it, and I'm not saying. Any anything like Sharia law is coming to this country, but there are overlaps when it comes to, and and, and the irony is there are overlaps in totally different directions when it comes to uh, straight up homophobia and, and bigotry, the extreme right and uh, and and, uh, and Islamic uh, extremists, they agree that gays are going to hell. And when it comes to covering up women and not sexualizing women whatsoever, being ashamed of the human form, that's what I see it as. Yeah. They they agree with that on the left. So it's uh, it's it is a very interesting time in this country when we see how religion, what the the beautiful thing about, or not the beautiful thing. The reason that religion does so well is because it's a horoscope and anyone can pull whatever they want from it. And you can take tenets of all religions and you can find a political, you can like a Plinko chip, you can find a political uh, cubbyhole for, you know, the religion can fit. I mean, it's like capitalism. It can go. It's like an ooze. It can go anywhere, you know. So I think that's one interesting thing. And then lastly, we have to close it up. But Obama's statement, he he politicized this in a way that I thought was really atrocious. He's never been very good at hugging the country when uh, when a tragedy happens. He is in a tough position. Of course, he cried uh, in the last gun control speech that he gave, and everyone said it was you know crocodile tears, and mm-hmm. they demonized him for that. So he came out uh, in a very measured way, and he didn't mention radical islam whatsoever which i think is a i think Who that's can't? bad i mean i know i understand it's a, it's i just, just feel like what is the point just Why because people- americans want to hear it and sometimes you have to let the american people vent a little bit which is trump lets us overvent, and obama just doesn't let us vent out at all it seems like and- there just has to be a reason for that it's not the it, it, there has to be a reason like he has to have some reason why he's not saying it 
he ha- he's well. He says it's because he doesn't want to validate groups like ISIS by calling them radical Islam. That mm-hmm. would that would make them the uh, the spearhead of the Muslim community of the billion people, the one billion people that identify as Muslim. He doesn't want to call them the radical Islam because it puts them in a position of power over the other billion. So that's his strat. That's which is a very professorial way to look at it and very good. But at a human level, on a presidential level, just tell people that you're that we that we're fighting a good fight and that you understand that there is an enemy out there and make us feel safe. It's been a very unsafe presidency. So when he attacked Donald Trump for Trump's rhetoric when it comes to the Muslim ban, things like that. Again, this guy wasn't on the this guy was on the uh, FBI radar since 2014. It's not some new event ever since Trump came around that he was against the United States. And the fact of the matter is, Obama's drone war, what we have done in the Middle East over his eight years in office, has been absolutely atrocious. And for him to blame this terror attack on rhetoric of a politician running for office, I think is a complete smokescreen as to what his administration has actually been doing. What builds terrorists isn't words. Bombs build terrorists. Murdering their families builds terrorists. Murdering innocent kids and civilians via drone strikes, that builds terrorists. Donald Trump, his dopey dumbass, sitting behind a podium suggesting a Muslim ban, as he calls it now, a suggestion, Mm. does not build terrorists. Maybe it plays into a little rhetoric. Sure, maybe it's in a pamphlet. But the idea that somehow that is radicalizing people, I think, is completely insane when we have the person who has murdered over 5,000 people uh, uh, via drone strikes in the Middle East. Many experts believe roughly 80, 85, 90 percent are innocent civilians. That's the problem. It's not Donald Trump's rhetoric. So I thought that Obama took a total... He, he scapegoated Trump and he refuses to acknowledge what his uh, what his administration has done overseas. Why can't it be both? Why does it have to be? Well, one why or can't the other? it be both? Yeah. Then? Well, mean, then do then, then address mean, both. Of course. I mean, but just because he. Yes, of course. I agree. You know, I agree with you a thousand percent on the drone war and how it has created so many more uh, radicalized terrorists. Uh, but. Donald Trump's rhetoric is still something to be addressed. You yeah, can't, but, I mean, you can't Hillary ignore Clinton, that. Hillary Clinton has voted for the Iraq War. I mean, we have rhetoric yeah, versus but, action, and I just feel like people respond to action more than they do rhetoric, and I think that Trump, I mean, granted, the way that Trump misspeaks is um, he, he has no, no idea of the significance of his verbiage when it comes to when a president speaks, people listen. Yeah. He doesn't understand that at all. He is completely incapable of being president because he'll put our nation at risk because of these stupid. He's just he's and, and, well, these I mean, that's stupid, exactly uh, what Ob- that's exactly what Obama said is that but, his his statements put us at risk. But you know what? Obama is the sitting president. These are these attacks are happening under his watch. He has gotten a complete. Uh, pass when it comes to the unbelievable disruptions in this nation over these past eight years between Ferguson, Baltimore, Sandy Hook, uh, now Orlando. So many, so much gun violence, so much upheaval in our streets, and somehow Obama is just pretending as if he has nothing to do with it. He has, he's been in control for almost a decade. These, at some point, you have to take... Uh, take um, a little responsibility for your personal uh, for the policies that you put in place and how they might have negatively affected the world that we live in and I think that he doesn't do that and it bothers me a lot you ain't wrong because uh, Trump's rhetoric as stupid and asinine as it is is not nearly as bad 
as what's happened overseas with the Obama doctrine. Yeah, but if he gets in, oh, it's going to be a lot worse. Well, I don't think that he will, and I don't think he will because Governor Gary Johnson <laughs> sent out the best first tweet, if I may politicize the event myself. Yeah. He actually did. Governor Gary Johnson's first tweet was, thoughts are with the Orlando victims and a community who has been attacked. It's a time to mourn, be strong, and be what makes America great. Yeah, I mean that Best is tweet of the day. Yeah, that's great. It's compassionate, and it is uh, it's compassionate and also a little bit inspiring. A little well. inspiring. I like I, li- I like that. It's still just a tweet. It is still <laughs> just a tweet. That's <laughs> all we're gonna still, get yeah, now. It is still just a tweet. That's all. That is definitely all we're gonna get on these things. <laughs> that is oh, where that is the uh, insane reality that we now live in. Yep. Oh Lord. Tweeters in chief. <laughs> oh. So. Uh, uh, Guys, you know what? Guys and gales, whatever, however you identify. Aliens, squid people. I don't even know. Whatever. Do you identify as Jello? You're. I'll call you Jello. <laughs> Just love each other. And uh, you know, if you are, if you do have an immense amount of anger towards a group of people because of what's happened to you in your life, you know, just go out and seek help because it is. I mean, you can see the recipe again. Like we talked about, and we've talked about this so much on last podcast on the left. There is a recipe to creating a monster, mm-hmm. and Mateen fell into every. He got every single ingredient he needs. Yeah, you know. So if you are angry with people, um, you're not a bad person. There's oftentimes a lot of re- you know. I met when I was in college. There was a spoken word artist who came who was previously with the KKK, mm-hmm. and he was. I mean, he was a hard line. Fifteen years in, his body was full of questionable tattoos. Not going to get a job. Yeah, he could only be a spoken word artist. <laughs> uh, that was about all the guy could do. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, just t- talking with him when the shackles of of, of hatred are uh, you know when they're taken away from your eyes, you know, it is a rebirth. And he wasn't a religious guy, but he was reborn into just uh, humanism. Yeah. You know, which is understanding that we're all here doing the best we can. And uh, there is, you know, there is no one is better or worse than anybody else. And if you see someone who's worse than you, that's great because then you're going to beat them. (laughs) You know, which is always kind of fun. Yeah. And uh, if you don't like something, also don't just focus. uh, So many people focus on their hate. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't like, but I just kind of put it in the blinders unless you're confronted with it right in front of your face. And then you have a then you have one of those bad days. Mm -hmm. That's when you go home and you're like, I had a fight today with some idiot on the subway because he kept on screaming about how, you know, um, uh, John Bonet Ramsey isn't alive. (laughs) I'm like, she's alive. (laughs) God knows what. But focus on what you love and do what you love and then just be busy. Yeah. There's a lot of other things to do other than shoot up places. Love and passion. That's what it's all about, man. And I think it all starts with Twitter. Be nice on Twitter. Be nice on Twitter, and yes. find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. Find him on Instagram at Marcus Parks. Find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel, and I'm on Instagram at Ben Kissel one uh, The show is doing great on news and politics on iTunes. Thank you guys so much. We're almost beaten back. Yeah. <laughs> Please go and rate and review. that. Put When you go and rate and review yeah. our show, uh, that pops us up even further. So please go and do that. And thank you so much for listening to this show and everything else me and Ben do. Yeah, you guys uh, you guys are really amazing people. So, uh, yep, that's about it. Check out Marcus's show, Lucky Bones Show. You know, Able Against Top Hat, obviously, that's this show. Roundtable and uh, Last Podcast and Page 7 and all the great shows here on CCR. All right, everyone, we'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? 
It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.